0: The Bible said, "Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom the Lord hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy." I just need about 300 and 350 of y'all to just declare, "He did it this morning. He did it." Ah! timers would sing a song you don't know like I know what it's done for me (laughs) turn and tell somebody around you he did it this morning come on high five about eight people on the way to your seat and tell him he did it come on tell him tell him he did it he did it Oh, if you're thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning, put your hands together one more time. Come on, put your hands together one more time and give God a great praise. Amen. Is anybody grateful for the presence of the Lord that we feel in this sanctuary this morning? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for just a few moments this morning. We, of course, want to take a brief moment this morning and again honor and give great deference to all of the fathers that are in this sanctuary this morning if you're a father in this house would you please stand come on if you're a father in this house would you please stand on your feet this morning come on all over the house now I need the rest of us to lose our mind and make some noise come on stay standing I want you to lose your mind and let them know how much you love them, how much you appreciate them. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We we love you today. We honor you. And um, the old song says that people stand in awe and wonder when they see a shooting star fall. Look, there goes a, sh- a falling star. But they forget about the ones that are still hanging in the sky. And too many times men who quit and fail receive more attention than the men who are standing resolute and faithful. But in this house today, we give honor and we recognize the men that are still standing. Amen? Oh, come on, put your hands together one more time. Hallelujah. Happy Father's Day to you, and I pray that your day is blessed and that at some point throughout this day, you feel the presence and the hand of God upon your life in a way that you have never felt Him before. Amen. I want to hasten to the word of the Lord today, the book of Mark, chapter number 3 is where I'm going to invite you to read the word of the Lord with me as we stand all over this house in honor of the entrance of God's word. And uh, I want to move quickly because I'm the only thing standing between us and that Father's Day lunch today. (laughs) And uh, we don't want anybody's beans to get cold we don't want their turkey to burn in the oven. Amen. We don't want any of that sauce to get wasted. We don't want the peak leaves to go bad. I'm trying to hit some of y'all. Amen. And uh, But I do want to deliver a word of the Lord in this house today. Book of Mark, chapter number 3, verse twenty. Four. Actually, let's begin reading and just read verse number seven, 27. Verse 27. It says, No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods there is a definitive declaration of the text that no man, somebody shout no man, can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods. However, there is one exception. Except he will first... Bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 2. 1 Kings chapter 2, and I want to read verses 1 and 2. It says, Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. And for a few moments, with the help of God this morning, I simply want to preach about the strong man. The strong man. Would you put your Bibles down and one more time, put your hands together and give God a great praise. All over this sanctuary. Come on, let's, let's ask God to speak to us today. Woo! We need you in this house, Jesus. Have your way, have your way, have your way. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Book of 2 Kings chapter number 2 opens with King David in the presence of his son. And there is a monologue that begins to unfold in chapter 2 concerning the end of David's life. David declares that he is at a point where he is about to take his last breath. He is in a place where he doesn't have much time. And it is apparent that he has called his son into his room to be by his side so that he could speak to him one more time before he takes his last breath. A man with the responsibilities, the anointing, the calling, the dynasty that David had, you would expect that probably this last conversation would be contextualized to the future of the kingdom, that perhaps it would be a discussion centered around the perpetuation of the house of David. However, in this very last moment, David does not discuss with Solomon the intricacies of the staff and and the hired help. And he does not discuss with him how to preserve the riches of the kingdom. He does not discuss with him uh, how to strategize moving forward and the plan of expansion for the kingdom. But he only has one thing that he wants to declare uh, unto his son, and he declares unto him, uh, "My son, uh, be thou strong uh, and show thy." Strength a man it was david's last wish and command to his son son whatever you do be strong and show yourself a man there is an inextricable connection in the word of the lord and a thematic principle that diametrically ties strength with manhood God created men uh, to be strong. I'm going to need a little bit of help this morning. God did not create men uh, to be weak. He did not create men uh, to be cowards. He did not create men uh, to back up, uh, but He created men uh, to be strong. Uh, he correlates strength uh, with manhood. Uh, could I stop long enough this, eve, this morning uh, to declare that what this world needs uh, is not a weak man, uh, but a strong man? Uh, and what this society needs. Uh, is not a man that quits, not a man that gives up, not a man that's confused about who he is. But our world needs strong men. Well, I'm going to need a help, a little bit of help, breaking through this morning, uh, because our society uh, wants to glorify uh, weak men. Uh, our society wants to emasculate men uh, and put them in a position uh, of weakness uh, and put them in a position uh, where they have no strength. Uh, but I declare unto you uh, this morning that God uh, created men uh, to be strong men. I wish I had some men in the building uh, that would stand up on their feet uh, and bow up just a little bit this morning uh, and let hell know uh, I'm a strong man. Uh, I said I'm a strong uh, man. The fact that he tells his son this leads us to understand the potentiality His son being a weak man. David was a man that was well acquainted with strength. As a matter of fact, from a very young age, Brother Tobias, he was taught work ethic. From a very young age, his father had him out in the field tending to the sheep and working in the fields. And we find him in his entrance uh, in Scripture. They have to call for him uh, because while everybody else uh, is taking it easy and everybody else uh, is looking for opportunities, uh, David understands a little something uh, about a work ethic. And we find him on the backside of a hill uh, tending his father's uh, sheep. You couldn't tell David. You couldn't give him an excuse about work because David was working from the time he was a child. He knew something about strength. And when he was standing on a battlefield facing a giant, David rehearses the testimony that as just a young boy, as a young teenager, He said, one day I was out in the field and a bear came and took one of my father's little sheep. Uh, See, I don't have time to talk about this long enough, but before God gives you your own, you first have to learn how to defend somebody else's. (laughs) We'll preach that another day. But when the bear came to take his father's sheep, now, Some of you might know that I I am an avid hunter and I love to to bow hunt. I'm an archery hunter and and specifically I, I love hunting bears and I have been within feet, a few feet of bears in the wild woods and I can tell you from firsthand experience, I would not want to be in that position without a weapon in my hand. But David, he didn't shoot the bear. He didn't say that I took my slingshot. He didn't have a sword. He said, I got that bear with both of my hands, and I killed that bear. Some of y'all acting like you did that last week. I'm talking about a man's man. He was a boy when this happened. And while they stood there wondering about that, he said, oh yeah, and one time a lion came. And when the lion came, I didn't just kill the lion. I got my bare hands and I tore him in half. Woo! That's the kind of man who's laying in the bed giving a charge to his son to be strong, And show yourself a man. David was impressive. Because as a a young man, he could stand shoulder to shoulder. uh, And he had a resume uh, that was more impressive uh, than most of the men that he would stand next to. uh, And when he found himself on a field uh, where there was a giant uh, that was intimidating uh, the people of God... I could just imagine him in his mind's eye saying, where are all the men? All these soldiers suited up, swords in their hand, and the devil ain't got to worry about one of them. You see, in today's society, we like the image of strength without the responsibility of strength. We like to wear the facade that projects an image of Oh. We want to look like we've been in the gym without ever putting in the time. (laughs) I can't get no help in this Holy Ghost church. That's why they make all kind of apps now. Uh Uh-huh. Trim it down. Pump it up. Slim it up. But David looked around and said, where's all the men? I see all the weapons and the swords and the training. But a young boy stepped out and said, if ain't nobody going to do anything about this, then I refuse to sit back while this uncircumcised Philistine intimidates the people of God. Bless God, I'll face him on the battlefield. This was a man's man. This was a man's man and his charge to his son. He did not give him tips on how to become wealthy. He did not give him all the break codes for the latest online game that he learned how to beat. He didn't pass him his sneaker collection. But he said, son, be Thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. He issued the same challenge that I want to issue on this Father's Day, that it's time for the men to stand up and to show themselves a man. It's time for the men in this church to stand up and be strong, Don't be weak, Uh, don't be intimidated, Uh, don't be afraid, Uh, don't be caught up in all, uh, somebody needs to hear this preacher, Uh, be thou strong therefore uh, and show uh, thyself uh, a man. This world doesn't need another GQ star. This world doesn't need another pimp. This world doesn't need any of those things. What our society needs is some strong men. Be strong. Show yourself a man. I don't know why I feel to hit this, but, but there's young men who grow up without a father, and sometimes the example and the the projection and the image of strength is not modeled to them. And if you are not careful, mom, you can project a spirit of femininity upon your son. Oh, I can't. I I know. I know. This is taboo to preach like this, but I'm going to preach it. And if you're not careful, uh, you'll treat him. uh, You won't understand that there's got to be some rough parts of life uh, that get a hold of him uh, and shape him uh, and make him uh, and mold him. And if you're not careful, mama, uh, you'll drive him into a corner to confuse uh, his identity uh, and he'll understand femininity uh, more than he win masculinity. uh, But God did not create him uh, to be a a feminine male. Uh, God created him uh, to to be a strong uh, man. Oh, that's why sometimes uh, when little Johnny falls down, uh, you don't need to come run to his side uh, and baby him. Uh, You need to tell him, get up, boy. Uh, Suck it up. Uh, Come on, get up. Uh, If that's all you face in life, uh, that ain't nothing. Come on, uh, you can take it. Uh, I wish I would get a church uh, to preach with me. Uh, You better understand God created your child uh, to be a strong man. He just, he just likes to play with dolls. He's just a boy. I, I'm sorry. This, I know this ain't supposed to be a Father's Day. You better snatch them things out of his hand and teach him the difference. Yeah. Snatch them out of his hands and teach him. God created you to be a man, son. God, cre- Come on. He created you to be a strong man. Kick him outside in the dirt every once in a while. Go make a mud puddle and throw them in the mud puddle every once in a while and wrestle with them. This world has too many feminine men, men who have been emasculated by society and the plan of the enemy. So we're raising men who don't know how to stand up for what's right, who don't know how to take a stand in the face of adversity who don't know how to declare truth in the face of lies. But I came to preach in this building today uh, that in this house God has uh, some strong uh, men, uh, some strong, uh, I need some men to just roar in this place uh, and declare I'm a strong man, I'm a strong man. He say but I'm small. We're not talking about physical strength. However, dynamite comes in small packages, baby. Don't underestimate. I wish I could get the Smurf brigade to say hey amen this morning. Strength is not necessarily large biceps and pectoral muscles. But strength is the tenacity to be what God called you to be in the face of adversity. Strength is being able to lead your family through a storm. Strength is the fortitude to keep on going when everything inside of you says to quit. Strength is that quality of saying, I've got to live for God no matter what happens. Oh! come on somebody Uh, God said be strong and show yourself amen be strong don't be weak don't be frail don't be fragile handle it handle what comes your way I've got to hurry this morning but there There are four things that I want to give you this morning that if you're going to be a strong man, this is what you have to do. If you're going to be a strong man, you've got to become the priest of your home. A strong man is the religious leader of his household. Come on, somebody. A strong man doesn't let his wife be the religious leader of the home a strong man doesn't let his wife be the one that leads the family to church every week oh it's getting quiet in here a strong man doesn't put his wife how many of you would would get into a fight and push your wife to the front of the line Some of y'all don't answer that question. I don't want to have a week's worth of marriage counseling on my hands after this service. How many of you men in the middle of the night would hear a glass break or a door fling open? And you're laying in bed. How many of you would go, ah! Honey, go check it out! We're laughing, but that's how some of us are living spiritually because in the dimension of the spirit uh, there's a war going on uh, and there's a fight going on uh, and on the front lines uh, the man is absent, uh, the husband is absent, uh, the father is absent uh, and it's mama that's always saying uh, come on let's go to church Uh, and daddy's trying to make excuses uh, why to miss service, Uh, it's it's getting quiet in here, Uh, it's mama that's always saying come on uh, we gotta pray uh, and daddy who's trying to fight. It's always mama who's trying to give the word to the children while daddy's trying to explain while why he doesn't have to listen to the preacher. Come on God said if you're going to be a strong man you've got to be the priest of your home. You've got to lead your family spiritually. Uh, Come on, daddy. uh, You ought to be the one that gets up in the morning uh, and says, come on, kids. uh, We're going to the house of the Lord. Uh, Come on, honey. uh, I know you're tired. Uh, I know it's been a long day, uh, but we're giving God our very best. Uh, Come on, sir. Your wife shouldn't have to fight you uh, over going to church uh, or going to prayer meeting uh, or your giving. Oh, come on, it's quiet in here. God needs some strong men. God needs some men who will do what the Bible says because if you're going to be a strong man, it starts on your knees. It starts in prayer because the position of prayer is the position of power. I just need about 10 amens in the building. I said the position of prayer is the position of power. Men, you've got to lead from your knees. you got to lead. Come on. Why? Because the power isn't yours. The authority and the power comes from God. And the more time you spend with him, the greater influence you'll have, the greater anointing you'll have, the greater power that you'll have. The Bible says to pray without ceasing, without stopping. Another place says that men, tell your neighbor men, ought always to pray and not faint. You know what that word faint means? It means to give up and quit. That tells me that the key to you not giving up and quitting is your prayer life. Oh, come on, somebody. If you'll pray, you'll stay. And if you don't, then you won't. You need some prayer power that's in your life. Your family needs a man that's strong. Your family needs a man that'll pray, that will not quit, that will not give up, that will not throw in the towel. Come on, somebody. Be strong and show yourself a man. You've got to be the priest of your home. Sir, if you're going to be a strong man, you've got to lead your family in worship. Woo! I'm not afraid to preach this one bit this morning and I'm not backing up one inch because I'm a strong man you got to lead your family in worship I get tired of seeing the altars full of women while the men are looking like Joe Cool sitting on the pew with your necktie just right never break a sweat looking calm and collected sir it's time for you to be strong and show yourself a man, come on, a strong man will lead his family in worship. A strong man won't push his family out but a strong man will lead his family out in worship. Come on somebody I'm going to preach until I break the back of a devil That this morning. I'm going to preach until I run a devil out of here. A devil of pride that wants to hold you to a pew uh, a devil of pride uh, that wants you to keep your mouth closed uh, a devil of pride uh, that wants to keep you captive uh, because he knows the power uh, of your worship Uh, something happens when men worship Uh, walls begin to come down Uh, chains begin to break Uh, strongholds are loose if you're going to be a strong man uh, you got to lead in worship worship I just need some men in the building that'll throw your hands in the air and shout with a voice of triumph. Come on. Brother Hammond, I refuse to let my wife dance and my babies dance while I sit in a pew. I refuse to let my wife and my children run the aisles while I sit in a pew. Come on, somebody. It's time to be strong and show yourself a man. But I remind you, mom and dad, and I'm preaching to fathers, that your children, your family, is one generation from leaving everything that God has done in your life. The Bible shows us the dichotomy between David and Michael. David is coming into Jerusalem worshiping every seventh step as he brings the Ark of the Covenant into one place, Brother Donnelly says that he shouted until his garments came off. You know what that tells me? He wasn't worried about how cool he looked. He wasn't worried about trying to be kingly. He wasn't worried about trying to I'm just not the emotional type. This is not about you. When you come to the house of God, we get rid of personalities. We get rid of everything's about him. When you, That's why the Bible says says to enter into his gates with thanksgiving enter into his courts with praise David's exuberant worship why because he understands leadership I'm leading this country back into a covenant with God and if I'm going to lead them I've got to be an example to them do you want your wife to keep worshiping? You better get worshiping. You want your babies to worship. You better start worshiping. <laughs> David's shouting. And there's Michael in the window, just watching, spectating while she should have been down there with him worshiping. But the problem is is she was the king's daughter. She was the daughter of Saul, and that king never worshipped God like that. And because she never saw daddy do it, it was foreign to her. Daddy, all it takes is a daddy who won't worship, and his kids will grow up wondering, is this even necessary? Oh, it's quiet up in this Holy Ghost church. All it takes is a daddy who quits coming to an altar and your children will become strangers with the altar. Oh, I'm gonna preach till I bust it open. Uh, all it takes is a daddy uh, who won't get on his face uh, and cry tears uh, in front of his family. Uh, and your babies, when they get older, uh, will begin to wonder uh, is this even real? Uh, is this even worth it? Uh, hear me, daddy. Uh, God called you to be strong uh, and show uh, your real men know how to worship, uh, strong men uh, know how to pray, uh, strong men uh, know. how to dance in the Holy Ghost Uh, strong men if you're going to be a strong man you've got to be the priest of your home that calling is higher than your calling to make a million dollars putting a roof over your family's head means nothing if it all burns and they go to hell Putting your kids through college means nothing uh, if they're lost and they don't know who the one God, uh, one true and living God is. You better get your priorities in the right place uh, and teach your children uh, that there's only one God uh, and his name is Jesus uh, and we worship him uh, with all of our heart, uh, with all of our soul, uh, with all of our strength. Men have to become leaders. If you're going to be a strong man, you've got to become a prophet in your house. Proverbs 18 and 21 says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And if you're going to be a strong man, You've got to learn how to walk into your house and speak blessing and not cursing. Come on! Does anybody beside me uh, know what it's like to grow up in a home uh, where the only thing that comes out of father's mouth uh, is that everybody's a bunch of idiots uh, and they're stupid? Uh, and what are you doing? Uh, you can't do anything right. Uh, you're nothing and a nobody. Uh, what did you do there? Is there anybody beside? Daddy, if you're going to be a strong man, uh, you got to learn the power of life and death, uh, and you got to start walking in your home uh, and speaking life uh, over your babies. Uh, speaking life uh, over your marriage Uh, come on uh, you shall live uh, and not die Uh, you're the head uh, and you're not the tail Uh, you're above uh, and you're not beneath Uh, you gotta become a prophet uh, in your home your words mean something daddy your words carry weight Don't let the anger of life cause you to let your words become a tool of destruction in your home. But you got to become a prophet of God over your house, calling things that are not as though they already were, speaking faith, speaking life. The Bible said that, that when Rebecca was giving birth to her child, the Bible says that she died in childbearing. And as she's laying on that, that, that bed delivering her child and her life is flowing out of her body, she is dying in that moment of pain and struggle She declares a prophetic word of identification over her child. And she says, he shall be called Benoni, the son of my suffering. And if you're not careful, mama, if you're not careful, daddy. In moments of struggle you will project your pain over your children and you will prophesy these kind of curses over their life instead of blessing oh you're just a pain you're just a hassle i don't know why i ever had you you can never do anything right they'll begin to feel like they were a mistake instead of a blessing you're just the son of my suffering i don't even know why i had you I wish you would be like somebody else. But thank God uh, for a father uh, that when they came to him uh, and said, Mama said his name uh, was Benoni. Uh, Daddy said, No, no. uh, We're not going there. Uh, I don't care what she went through. Uh, I don't care how much pain it was. Uh, I'm in pain my own self. uh, But his name won't be Benoni. Uh, His name uh, shall be called Benjamin, uh, son uh, of my right hand. And it was the prophetic word of a father. You see, Jacob knew all too well what it was like to be born and to have a prophecy that declared his predicament instead of his potential. Mama saw him with his hand on the heel. And said, he's a subplanner. He's a deceiver. She spoke to his predicament instead of his potential. God said his name was Israel, not Jacob. There came a moment where he came face to face with God. And God said, what is your name? I'm Jacob. Who told you that? You're not Jacob, but you're Israel. That's what God needs is some men that'll be prophets in their house. While the world keeps trying to declare benoni over your children, you need to declare you're a Benjamin. The hand of God is on you. You've got promise, you've got potential, you've got power in your life. Listen to me. Well, I'm just a quiet kind of a guy. You better open up your mouth and speak. Living this life ain't all about you. If you don't speak into your children's life, somebody else will. I wish I could get a witness in the building. I said, if you don't prophesy into your family's life, somebody else will. Somebody else will tell them who they are. The gangbanger will tell them who they should be. Come on, somebody else will tell. You better open up your mouth and declare a prophetic word over your house. Son, you will be blessed. My daughter, you're a queen. You're a princess. You've got the favor of God on your life, you don't have to settle for anything less. Come on, somebody. I know what it's like. You see, I come from generations of dysfunction, generations of divorce and alcoholism and abuse. And immorality. As a matter of fact, when I was born, they identified me. They prophesied over my life according to the generations before me. You see, my name is a combination of my dad's name and my grandfather's name. Two generations of dysfunction. My grandfather's name was Landell. My father's name was Randall. And so when I was born, they combined Landell and Randall, and they came up with Randell. He shall be the son of both of these generations. And my grandfather's middle name was Leon. Leon. He was Landell Leon Williams. My father was Randall Leon Williams. And they named me Randell Leon Williams. And the prophecy kept coming to me. You're Benoni. You're the son of suffering. You're the son. But there came a day when I met a greater prophetic voice in an altar. And the Holy Ghost got a hold of me. And when the Spirit of God filled my life, God said, you're not a Benoni, but you're a Benjamin. I don't care what they named you. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what your daddy did to you. I don't care if you never knew who your mama daddy was. Calvary's tree is greater than your family tree. Your name is not prophesy this morning over the men of this house. Your name is not Benoni, but your name is Benjamin. I'm preaching to men in this house that the weight of responsibility is on your shoulders to shift the trajectory of your entire lineage. I'm preaching to men right now that you are Abrahams in your family God's called you out and you wonder why the fight is so great I I need some people to listen to this preacher this morning you wonder why the struggle is so intense for victory in your life and you wonder why there are certain battles that you fight more than others can I tell you why it's because the generation before you like David's father and brother's Uh, never killed the giant that belonged to them. Uh, And now there's a younger generation uh, that has to face that giant. uh, What your daddy didn't kill, Uh, you've got to now fight. Uh, But I declare unto you uh, that you're a strong man uh, and no weapon uh, formed against you uh, shall be able to prosper. Uh, God's anointed you uh, to slay the giant uh, of generational dysfunction. Uh, God has anointed you to to destroy and change the trajectory of your lineage. Pastor Hammond, you're raising a prince. And the reason you have to struggle with some of the things because you're standing as a buffer and the arms of generations are trying to reach Not for you. They're trying to reach for him. And he needs a strong man. Be strong. Show yourself a man. If you're going to be a strong man, and I'm hurrying this morning, you've got to be a provider for your family I got five amens, five Baptist head nods 15 Presbyterian head bobbles, 16 Catholic arm crosses but if you're going to be a strong man you've got to be a provider for your home God did not place the responsibility of provision over your wife. Oh, I know this isn't popular preaching because today's society say it's 50-50, everything. Uh, I pay the bills, you pay the bills. uh, That's not the way that God uh, created it to be. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, That's a cop-out excuse. Uh, God called you uh, to be a provider uh, for your house. Now I better stop and qualify myself before some of you go commit suicide. (laughs) Well, dear Lord, Bishop, it's taken both of us to make it happen. I understand, but that shouldn't be your goal. That shouldn't be the end game. Well, she makes more money than me. (laughs) Woo! First of all, don't let her be a sugar mama. I'm gonna tell you something. When First Lady and I first got together, it was a little unique. I was really young. And she was more mature than me. I say mature because she, I I don't say she's older because she ain't old. She was more mature than I was by the space of about two and a half years. And now that that two and a half years don't mean nothing but but when you're 16 and 19. And see, this lady, she was such an awesome student at school and just, you know, she, she's got the most incredible work ethic you ever found in your whole life. She, she will work you under the table. And so when she was in high school, they let her, uh, she was such a bright student in her business classes that they enrolled her in a, a, a dual enrollment scenario where her junior and senior year of high school, she had a professional job. Uh, That was a business-related job, and she got a job in the elections department of the courthouse. And so in her junior and senior years, she was working that job, a government job. And and they liked her so much that the day she graduated high school, they brought her on full-time. And she was making as much money as people who had been there for years. She's 18 years old, and she got a new car. She's buying new dress every week. She's still living at home, so, you know, she she got it like that. And she's dating a 16-year-old scrub from the hood (laughs) that didn't have nothing. We was (laughs) Poe. I see all these guys and all these kids and Nikes and, you know, all these shoes. What? You know what we had? Pro wings. See, some of y'all are too old to remember. They done, they done rebranded and changed it. But how many of y'all remember them? Payless Pro Wings. Hello. They, did, they weren't stitched together. The rubber was molded to look like stitching. It was just glue. and my mama would buy them new pro wings at the beginning of the school year and we had to make them last to the next school year but by december them shoes was talking i'd be walking and be like hello how are you hello how are you hello how are you hello built in ventilation by the time new year happened i looked like i had some jerusalem sandals strapped around my ankles Some duct tape. (laughs) pull the hair off my toes. I'm just kidding. We was Poe. She had a brand new car. You know what my first car was? A 66 Volkswagen Beetle. Six volt. It didn't even run when I got it. It was before they came out with 12 volt. Didn't even run when I got it. I don't know how we got it back. I think the blood of Jesus helped it start. You wanna know what color it was? Primer gray. Brother Lil, it has so much rust that when I went down the street and it quit running, I just popped my feet through the floor like Fred Flintstone and just <laughs> made it to the side of the curb. But I tell you what I did have was work ethic. And as long as you got work ethic, you might start on the bottom, but baby, you don't have to stay on the bottom. Now, if you're going to date a girl who's been working 40 hours a week and got, she's already successful coming to high school, you got to bring it. To bring it. I, I had no money to bring in 40 plus hours a week. Okay, I'll there. stop there. Don't be afraid of hard work. We're raising generations of young men that are afraid of hard work. Woo! This would be a good time for some of y'all to put your finger up uh, and run to the restroom right now. Uh, It's good for you every once in a while uh, to have to do some manual labor. It's good for you, even if you don't have to. uh, It's good every once in a while for you to get some old clothes on uh, and get outside uh, and sweat uh, and get dirty uh, and tell your body uh, you ain't going to be lazy. uh, You're not going to get lazy. uh, You can pull weeds. You can mow the yard. You can chop wood. You come on, somebody. I know some young men would rather be broke than to go get a job that requires hard work. Be strong. Show yourself a man. I've seen families where the wife and the children are struggling and suffering because daddy don't want to do nothing if he has to get work clothes on and start sweating. You hear me today. Any kind of work is honorable when you're supporting your family. I said any kind of work uh, is honorable uh, when you're supporting your family. I don't care if you got to go scrub toilets, uh, flip hamburgers, uh, deliver newspapers, uh, mow a yard, uh, whatever you got to do. If you'll do it as under the Lord, he'll elevate you. Well, they just don't pay enough. Well, that's more than what you make it. Because it's more than zero. I'm praying for $20 an hour. Then be faithful over $5 an hour. Why is God going to bless you with a $20 an hour job when you can't show up for $5? Oh, I know I was going to lose. No, don't get it twisted. This isn't Mother's Day, it's Father's Day. Get faithful over $5 an hour and let God give the increase. I'd rather sit home and starve. That's ignorance. Get up and get to work. Save your your aluminum cans if you got to. Go down to the the pawn shop, get yourself a lawnmower, and start cutting your neighbor's yard for $15 a week uh, and watch God turn it into a business. Work is the preservation of the soul. You want to know why some men have no sense of worth? Because they ain't doing nothing with their life. It's hard to feel good about yourself when you're sitting at home all day. It's hard to have self-esteem when all you're doing is, is goofing around and being lazy all the time. Confidence comes by getting out there and doing something with yourself. Get started with something. How did I get on all that? Oh, yeah, I had work ethic. Yeah. 40, 50 hours a week, I was hustling. I wasn't making a lot of money, but I was getting dirty. And more importantly, I was declaring something in the spirit. I was breaking chains that wanted to put themselves around me. And I can remember... I can remember being at my wife's parents' house, you know, I was trying to get my little swag on dating, you know, trying to, trying to, trying to impress her and trying to, boy, I did a horrible job, honey. That little Volkswagen Beetle pull up, I was head to toe in dirt, but I showed up, and it'd be 1130 at night, Brother Michael, time to go home because it was curfew, and I don't know how many times I went out there and that thing wouldn't start. And here's me and my beautiful girl who's got a job and a brand new car sitting behind her parents' house out there helping me push my car to get it started. That's the kind of girl you need to find. Not some bougie girl. Find you a girl that'll ride in the low places with you. Ah, oh, Yeah. I said, baby girl, uh, you might be pushing my car now, uh, but you just hold on a minute uh, because I know God's going to elevate me one day. uh, And when God does, uh, you're going to be blessed. I bet you she ain't pushing no beetle now. If you're going to be a strong man, you've got to provide for your house. I got all the young single girls up here getting tissue right now. They're being touched in the Holy Ghost. They're, they're, they're all touched in the Holy Ghost. Kasha They're going to go outside looking for hoopties this afternoon. Find a man who prays who worships, who's submitted to God, and who knows how to work? If you can get those four things, baby, uh, the sky's the limit. God can take you anywhere. My God, I'll never get to the rest of this. Don't chase no muscles. I know some broke fellas in the gym. Them muscles don't mean nothing when you're trying to put food on the table. That cool haircut and all them nice clothes. Yeah, you know why he got all the nice clothes? Because he spent all the bill money to get them. And it don't mean nothing when your lights are shut off and there ain't no groceries in the fridge. Don't, don't you marry. Dear Lord, how do I get off on this? provision is not just money I know some men their definition of, of providing is well I put a roof over their head I paid the bills I sent them to school ain't that proof enough that I loved them provision is to provide a loving household it's your responsibility to provide a home for your family No, 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 you missed it. I didn't say a house. I said a home for your family. And there's a big difference because you could have 10,000 square feet, a six-car garage, a Lamborghini, basketball courts, a swimming pool, and a butler and not have a home. And it'd be the most miserable place on the planet for you to go. But if you got the Holy Ghost, uh, and you got work ethic, uh, and you've got love, uh, and you've got peace, uh, and you've got a sound mind, baby, you can turn a one-bedroom house uh, into a castle. Uh, sir, it's your responsibility uh, to provide a home for your family, an environment of safety, an environment of peace, an environment of love for your family. When you provide for your family, you are a reflection of our heavenly Father. He's Jehovah Jireh, God, our provider. And when you provide for your family, and the devil wants to distort the image of God in your family, tell your neighbor, "I'm going to be a provider." Come on, tell him, "I'm going to be a provider." Music comes, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hurry. The last thing that you need to be if you're going to be a strong man is you've got to be a protector. I used the example earlier. But how many of you Would be going down the street with your wife if somebody stepped up threatening violence. How many of you would go, ah! Get him, honey. Get him. Get him. Let me see your skirt. That ain't a skirt. Thank you. Go ahead. Thank you. You've got to be a protector. Now, most of us would jump at the chance. Somebody, good, you know, step up and bad mouth your wife. You'd be like, oh. So I can see some of y'all already bone up right now. Come on. Yeah, let let, let somebody, come on. But protection has a lot more to do with than just protecting their physical body. God's called you to be a shield over your family. A protector over your family. Can I put it like this? God has called you to block the wind. And part of being a strong man is when the winds of life are blowing. They will. Part of being a strong man is to make it your job that my family never feels the wind. I'll handle the pressure. I'll handle the, I'll handle the, the opposition. And I'll block the wind for my family. Some men do it so good The families never recognize how strong he was until he's gone. And they say things like, I never knew he was dealing with all of that. Because he was blocking the wind. Men sometimes blocking the wind is learning how to keep your mouth shut when all hell's breaking loose. Men, sometimes being a protector is when all hell's breaking loose and you come home, you don't say one word about it. I'm not bringing the unsettling feeling into my home. I'm not letting the winds of what I... Come on, somebody. Uh, I'm not letting the winds and the pressure of life uh, get on my wife and my babies. Uh, I'm going to block the wind from them. One of my favorite stories, it's a literary classic called The K. It's a story about an old man who gets stuck on an island with the little boy who's blind, they're involved in a shipwreck, and the boy is blinded. They come from two different cultures and parts of the world. and this little boy has to learn how to trust this old man, and he cannot see. And in one part of the story, there is a great hurricane that is coming. And they're stuck on a small island. And that old man gets the little boy. And he puts the little boy up against a tree. And the old man gets himself right up against the boy. And he ties his arms around the tree. Cuffs himself around the little boy. And when the storm begins to blow... And the winds begin to beat and the rain begins to drive. And there's debris and particles flying and terrorizing the island. all the little boy can feel is the warmth of that old man that has his arms around him. Little did he know that while the storm was blowing, it was destroying and tearing the man's back to pieces. And when the storm finally ended... The little boy felt the old man slumped over the tree. The old man gave his life to block the wind from the little boy. And sometimes we don't understand the pressure that men are under trying to block the wind from their families. And we can't relate because we can't feel the wind. And we think because we can't feel the wind that everything's okay. But there are men in this building who are given their life to protect their family. You see, David not only knew what it was like to have victory over the lion and the bear, but the Bible tells us about a time that he comes up on the camp And when he gets there, the Bible said that they had invaded Ziklag and they had taken everything. They had kidnapped all of the children and the women and they had set fire to everything. I wonder if there's any men in this house that know what it's like to come up to a place in life where you look around and it looks like everything is falling apart. I wonder if I'm talking to any any men in the building that know what it's like to, to have a moment in life where, where you look around and it looks like everything is destroyed and everything is gone and 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 what am I going to do? Furthermore, they spake of stoning him. David, the Bible says that all of the men begin to weep. You see, Men in general don't like to cry in front of women because a lot of men perceive crying as some symbol of weakness. But when the women were gone, the men cried. And they wept until there was no more power. I came to preach that at this moment of vulnerability, man, it's easy to want to throw in the towel. It's easy to say, I I can't keep doing this. I don't know what to do. But I'm talking to some men in this house that there are some women and some children who are depending on you not to come to this place of life and throw in the towel. There are some women and children that are depending on you not to come to this place and give up and say it's over. I can't handle it anymore. David didn't even have another man to talk to. He looked around and they were crying too. He realized they got their own struggles. And men... There are times when it seems like you have nobody to talk to. But that's when you do what David did. The Bible said he encouraged himself. You know who you talk to when you don't have anybody else to talk to? He got on his knees and he began to talk uh, to God. Because that's part of being a strong man. Part of being a strong man is saying, I don't have nobody to talk to, nobody to relate with, nobody I can turn to. Sir, it's in that moment that you fall to your position of power and you get on your knees and you begin to talk to God. We stand all over this house. Preaching to men all across this building who have a desire to be everything that God has called them to be. And I'm telling you, being a man is no joke. The thief wanted the whole house, but he knew the target number one was the strong man. Can I preach to some families? The devil wants to destroy your children. The devil wants to wreck your marriage. The enemy wants to destroy your wife. And he knows if I can bind the strong man, then I can have the house. But I prophesy in the name of Jesus this morning that you shall live and you shall not die I prophesy over some men in this house that your name is Benjamin and not Benoni come on, come on, come on I tell you what I want us to do I want every every man of the house to get as close to the front of this altar as you can come on, every every husband, every father, if you're a husband, if you're a father I want you to get as close as you can to this front. Come on. I want their families to come with them. I want mom and babies to get as close as you can. Come on. Come on, sir. Get out of that seat. I want you to get as close as you can. Come all the way to the front. Come all the way to the front. Come all the way to the front. I want every every boy in this house every young man in this house to get as close as you can to the front i want you if your daddy's here i want you to get as close to your daddy as you can and grab his hand i want every daughter in this house to get as close as you can to your father if he's here to every boy that's in this building and your father It's not here. I want you to find a man in this house that you look up to, and I want you to get as close as you can to him. Come on. Every every boy, every man in this house, I want you to come. Come on. Come on. Come on, Wesley. Come on. Get as close as you can. Find him. Represented in front of me this morning is the key to destiny in our families. Represented in this house right now are men and boys who have a destiny in front of them. I remember when he was young Was it Isaac or was it Judah? I think it was Judah. One day I was shaving in the bathroom. And I used to shave with a regular razor, an old school razor. When I was shaving, he waddled into the bathroom and looking up at me shaving. And the next thing I knew, I caught him in the bathroom opening up a razor, getting ready. And I remember having to rush to him and say, no, 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 no. He saw daddy do it and he wanted to do it. See, the right thing at the wrong time can produce pain. There's going to come a day he'll need that razor. And I remember we figured out a way to help him. Do you remember this first lady? We took, I think we took the razor and turned it around backwards and put a cap on the blade and got some shaving cream and hooked him up and I remember standing there watching him do it like this and while I was looking at him I was looking at me and when he was looking at me he saw himself at two different places in life and represented in this altar are different generations of boys boys becoming men and men that are becoming everything God wants them to be and on this Father's Day I want us to take a few moments and I want us to pray for every man in this house every man who has strapped himself to a tree and he's covering his family from the wind And mama, you don't even know the pressure. You don't even see the tears because he don't let them fall in front of you. And you think everything's great and everything's okay because you can't feel the wind and you don't know the pain and you don't see the pressure. But today, I want us to lay our hands on our daddies. I want us to lay our hands on our children, on our boys. And I want us to begin to pray. Come on. Come on, wife. Would you pray for your husband? Daddy. Son, would you pray for your daddy? Daughter, would you pray for your daddy right now? Come on, I want us to begin to call out their name. And I want us to begin to pray over them right now. Come on, help me pray. Help me pray. Come on, pray. Pray God's protection over that man. Pray the blood of Jesus over that child. Come on, mama. Lead the blood of Jesus uh, over that man today. Uh, oh, God, uh, let the strength of God uh, come on. Uh, pray wisdom in his life, uh, pray that God will give him strength, uh, pray that God will show him. Pray that God, uh, come on, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, help me pray, help me pray, help me pray. Help me pray. Come on, pray for them. Pray for their strength. Pray for them right now. Come on, in the name. Come on, the goal of the enemy is that you don't. don't even understand that the enemy wants to destroy the confidence uh, of your father, of your husband. Uh, But today we're praying. Today we're standing as intercessors. Uh, Come on, you don't even know uh, the nights he lays his head down uh, and wonders how how do I even be a man? Uh, How am I supposed to be a husband? Uh, How am I supposed to be a father? Uh, But today we're praying. Uh, Come on, uh, Pray over him. Pray over him right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. Generations, of, you're changing the trajectory of your oh, dynasty. Come on, come on, come on, pray.